Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode nine of the Depressed Breakfast Club's podcast. Um, today, we're going to be talking about COVID and the effects it had on our mental health. But first, as always, just a gentle reminder that we are not medical professionals. Anything we say and do for coping mechanisms work for us and us only. Uh, we don't recommend that you go off any medication. Try the coping mechanisms if you want, but please talk to your medical professional beforehand. Joyelle has some phone numbers for you if things get bad. Yeah, so if you feel suicidal or just need someone to talk to, you can call the suicide hotline in Canada at one 456 4566, or you can text message uh, 45645. And in the US, you can call 988 or text talk to 741741. So please, if you feel suicidal or need any assistance, please reach out to those uh, numbers. And on to Taylor. Thank you. So uh, today's quote is going to be, come sit with me, no agenda, no censors, just you, me, and our favorite songs. Let's talk about how strange the world is and what uh, the fuck we're actually doing here. And then laugh until we don't wait until it doesn't scare us anymore. And that's one that actually Joyelle found for us and shared on her Facebook that uh, Dana and I absolutely loved. It's probably actually one of my favorite quotes that we've used for this uh, podcast so far. And uh, just as a general reminder, our email is depressedbreakfastclub at gmail.com, all lowercase. So if you guys ever want to reach out to us, just send us an email. Or if you ever want to reach out on social media, you can use our Facebook page, which is the same name and has the same uh, profile picture. So it's nice and easy. Okay, so um, as we were saying, this week's topic is going to be about COVID and the effects that it's had on mental health, as I mentioned last week. Uh, it's something that Dana had brought up that she wanted to be discussed as a topic, and I was very happy to add it to the um, episode list that I have on our little Google Docs that I now have to update because <laughs> I have, I've been out of it. <laughs> and now to you, Dana, where would you like to start with this? Well, um, as, as we all suffer from mental illness, I, I would like to hear from you ladies how the isolation was for you, how you got through it. Did you work? Did you take the layoff? And more so for Joy Joyelle, you lived alone at the time. I mean, you had many. But you lived alone. I have, like, I have my family in my house with me. Taylor, you have your mom. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we can we can discuss the dynamics that we each saw. Yeah. I had two major surgeries during COVID too. <laughs> so it, it was, you know, my my dynamic is very different than, mm -hmm. than the both of you. So Joyelle, let's start with you and Take us through how COVID and being alone 
for isolation was on you? So I think, um, well, first of all, I never even had, I didn't, haven't had COVID yet. Knock on wood. Yeah, <laughs> knock on Lucky wood. I, I haven't had it. Um, but to, like, I, it's hard to say because to an extent, I was already kind of isolated because of my depression and anxiety that it um that it didn't I don't feel that it was that big, it was that much of a difference for me because I was already in a stage in my depression in that where and my anxiety where I didn't I, I didn't want to go out mm. anyways I think I'm kind of like for me I'm in a or I was in a similar situation because for everyone else it was a rude awakening of isolating not going out into public places wearing masks all that kind of stuff but for me that was things that I'd already been doing for some time because at the time my mom was sick and almost dying for a second time so I was already used to being isolated with just her and I being extremely careful making sure I always wash my hands we cleaned everything down I was always her caregiver. So for me, it was literally, my mom was just starting to get a little bit better when COVID hit. So for us, it was like, oh, I guess we're just continuing on with what we were doing previously. It's kind um, of funny you say that because I was, I'm awful. I didn't use hand sanitizer the whole freaking time. I didn't change anything that I would normally do. Like I would, I mm-hmm. normally wash my hands, yep. you know, and stuff. And the only thing that I changed was that I had to wear a mask out in public and to work in that, which I did not like. But other than that, I took no other precautions. I didn't do anything different than what mm-hmm. I would normally do. I was saying, that's why, like I, like I said, for me, I think that's why it didn't, it didn't have the same impact for me just because I was already like, I already washed my hands as it is. I would wear masks if I went into like super public places, just because my mom was, like I said, uh, deathly ill. So Sue's majorly immunocompromised long before COVID ever became a thing. So for me, there was no really big difference. It's like, okay, come home and just make sure that I washed up. And for me, I did take the, uh, I took the layoff when the option came up at work. And then I stayed off a little bit longer for, uh, I think it was caregiver leave that I stayed off with. So I think I was off for like a grand total of um, three months. And for me, it had no really big impact because it was already the way of my life. But I did notice that this side of the world I found and to give ideas for people who are listening and don't know where in the world we are, obviously we live in Canada. So North America area, I find that there's the big thing, the big push on kids and families. Like they need to, once they turn 18, they're supposed to go live on their own and be by themselves. And I think it's a uh, point to detriment for us over here, because during COVID, we had soaring numbers of depression, suicide, uh, anxiety, all these mental health issues came came out soaring. 
because we were forcing people to be isolated and not be allowed to go see other family members even. So I got lucky because I had my mom living with me. And obviously, Joyelle got lucky to an extent because she was already in a depressive state. So she was already there going, eh, this is old hat for me. Yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't nothing. The hardest thing I had was going back to work with having to wear the mask mm-hmm. because right. I felt oh. very like that really panic attacks. Mm-hmm. I really felt like I couldn't couldn't breathe and stuff. Yeah. And I feel like wearing it for eight to 10 hours a day solid was just craziness and that and it was very that part of it I found very very difficult yeah and, and what about you Miss Dana obviously like so that's the single live on her own person someone who lives with her mom and then obviously you're you're the one with the good like you have a, a community I setting a family in my house <laughs> yeah, seriously, so- you, you have a village <laughs> My mom lives with us uh, since my dad passed away. My mom's, oh my God, this is going to sound horrible. She lives in the basement. It's a fully <laughs> functioning basement. It's carpeted and seated. She's got a fireplace, a 46 inch screen TV, her own room, her own bathroom, food, mm-hmm. a fridge, you name it. <laughs> she's very happy. <laughs> but yeah, um, she she's she lives with us. And at the time of COVID, my mom was 73, <laughs> four. She'll be 77 in August of this year. So her first math is not our friend. <laughs> um, so it was a lot of it was about protecting her. Mm-hmm. Having just lost my dad, it it was we can't let anything happen to to my mom my brother was the only one that came over I never stopped him from coming into the house um I I did not agree with that whole that whole thing of family not seeing family yeah if you trust your family to be clean mm-hmm. and wash their hands there was absolutely no reason why family couldn't visit family i yeah. i i didn't think that um that was a wise decision on the government's part but what do i know <laughs> so, and i completely agree with you on that so really for me I, we had so there was norm myself our son brendan and my mom and um, our daughter, Samantha, would go f- between our house or her, bo- her boyfriend, Phil's house. And um, we were making, like, she was, she was making sure that that was the only two places she went were Phil's and home, Phil's and home. And, and that was fine. Uh, I took the lay, well, I didn't take the layoff at work. They, um, they called me the one day and said, don't come into work anymore. And I was like, wow, that's rude. You're firing me in the <laughs> pandemic. And, um, and the HR, the disabilities lady at the time mm. 
she says, no, no. She says, we're, she goes, you're going off for knee replacement surgery anyways. We're just going to put you on. Dis- we're going to start your disability claim now. Oh, that makes sense. So I, I was on, I was on disability for like all of COVID <laughs> <laughs> because I was on it. My knee surgery was scheduled for May of 2020 mm-hmm. and then they canceled it. And then um, when I told work, work was like, well, just stay off. Just stay off because surgeries are going to get going again. And you're going to have that surgery and there's no sense juggling sunlight yeah. and your disability claim. Just stay off. So I, I took up cross-stitching again. I was uh, playing Animal Crossing on the Switch, which I turned it on after a year and a half absence and realized I logged like 700 and some odd hours on the game. <laughs> Holy hell. You was dedicated. <laughs> I was dedicated. <laughs> so I, I never really experienced the isolation part of, of the COVID. And I, I was grateful for that because I, I did have my family around me. We did. Um, my, my husband signed up for Instacart. So we know he, he's like, I don't want to go to the grocery store. Yeah. He goes, and it's not because I'm afraid of getting COVID. He goes, it's the other people that are thinking this is a joke. Mm-hmm. So um, we signed up for Instacart and believe it or not, we still use it today. I know a lot of people that do. They, they absolutely love that option now. Well, honestly, they go to Costco. Instacart will shop Costco for you. <laughs> And if you don't have to deal with Costco people, that Oof. in itself mm-hmm. pays for the yearly membership. This is true. So, yeah, we had all of our groceries delivered. Um, once a week, we pick we picked a local restaurant here in LaSalle, the small town that I live in. We picked a local restaurant and we supported them. Because we knew that they were getting hit hard with COVID, yeah, and not being not being able to have people dying in, so any restaurant that was doing takeout, we 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 called it Takeout Tuesday, and on Tuesdays <laughs> we would have a meal from one of the local restaurants to help support them to see you know anything that we could do to help help anybody help the community, else. Yeah. yeah. So we didn't have it too bad. So did you ladies both have COVID? Has I've had it once. I've had My it. My mom's four had times. it twice. <laughs> then Dana's like, boom, bitches, I win. <laughs> four times. The first oh. time I had it, it it um it wasn't bad at all. The second time I had it, it wasn't bad at all. The third time I had it knocked me out for a week and a half. The last time that I had it. I ended up with um, what they call long COVID mm-hmm. side effects. Yep. So I have short-term memory loss and it people laugh at me and they think it's funny and I, I kind of laugh along with them, but I'll be having a conversation with my husband and I'll look at him and I'll, I'll say something like, I can't remember the word. 
Oh yeah. And he and he's like, okay, try to describe what 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 you are thinking about, and I'll see if I. And it'll take me ten to fifteen minutes to try to figure out what that word is mm-hmm. in order to finish my sentence. I hate that. Um, I have dizzy spells. Mm-hmm. So I can't I can no longer sleep on the right side of my body facing my husband yep. because I get dizzy and I get nauseous. Wow. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> Has anybody uh, else in your family had it? Uh, Norm had COVID twice. Sam had it twice. My mom had it once and Brendan never had it. But that kid's got con- constitution of steel. <laughs> Honestly. Wow. So, yeah. Um, and I've been vaccinated. Yeah. I, 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 did, I did my due diligence. I, I got vaccinated. I know, I know there are people that don't believe in the vaccination, and that's fine. I have friends that opted not to get vaccinated. I don't hate them. We're still friends. Mm-hmm. It was a choice. Nobody forced you into getting it. Mm-hmm. I I chose to get it. I got it, but I only got the vaccination. I got my one dose and I got my second dose. I've not gone for any of the boosters. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. only I've only had the first two as well. I've never done any of the boosters. Well, it <laughs> when when the, when they called me to say, "Hey, you can come for your booster." I was like, Hey, I got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and my doctor told me not to go for a booster for six months after having COVID. He said, let your natural immunities build up. Mm-hmm. And I just, I said, yeah, I have natural immunities. I did, I did the two shots. I don't yeah. think I need the boosters. And I never went for the boosters. I mean, I ended up getting COVID one more time after that. It's going to be something that's in our society now. It's it's going to, it not, it's going to, it is as common as a cold now. Mm-hmm. It's just oh, going to yeah. become more oh, yeah. and more common. So it's one of those things of, as generations go on, no different than any of the other diseases that uh, we pass on the antibodies to our kids for. <coughs> it's just going to be a normal part of society now where it's going to be all right. Yeah. I got COVID again. Like I'm shocked that I didn't get COVID with my mom this last time because she got it. And one of my friends at work got it and a bunch of other people did because it was at the work party. And we still, to this day, my mom and I look at it at each other and we're like, I don't understand how the hell I didn't get it. Cause I took care of my mom. Obviously we live in the same house. And yet this time around, I didn't get it at all. Didn't feel even a little off her and my friend and my friend was the one who we were dancing together like close up face to face all that stuff and didn't get it from her once and I was like that's right I'm I'm invincible <laughs> well, oh my god that, that, that's what I said about Brendan like my mom Norm Sam and myself all the four of us had COVID and there's the fifth beetle downstairs gaming on his computer <laughs> fine right as rain he did he did the rapid covid death nothing <laughs> you know my, my mom didn't even believe me this past time when she got it she's like stick this up your nose and do it i'm like oh, okay calm down i did it and after like three minutes she's like did it turn i'm like 
no, it takes 15 minutes. She's like, mine turned instantly. She's like, I barely put the drops in. It was like, oh, you, you got the COVID, bitch. That was mine. <laughs> She's like, you got the Rona. I'm like, I don't have it. She's like, she made me keep it for an extra five minutes because she didn't believe me when I was like, okay, 15 minutes up. I'm still negative. She's like, I don't believe you. <laughs> you keep it there it again. <laughs> it's like, I don't have the Rona. I feel perfectly fine. She's like, this is unfair and uncalled for and bullshit. <laughs> But like um, mental health wise for me, I didn't, I didn't find that I had a whole series of lows. Mm -hmm. I I had lows, like I had lows and I had highs, like my normal life. I, I, Mm -hmm. I rode the waves. I think um, my biggest, my biggest depression came after my after my knee replacement, I was in the hospital for three days. And uh, when I came home (laughs) and my husband got me into the lazy boy chair and he got my, my feet up and I was sitting there and excuse me, listeners, you'll have to (laughs) bear with me. If any of you have ever had a knee replacement, you'll understand. I had my walker beside me. Mm -hmm. And my porta potty, my little yeah, yep. porta potty right there because they had me drinking so much fluid in the hospital that I couldn't hobble fast enough to the bathroom <laughs> with my walker. <laughs> and I said to my husband, I'm like 49 years old, I don't want to wear a diaper yet. <laughs> So I had the porta potty out, like in the living room, be, you know, beside my chair. Mm-hmm. And my first day home, I got in the house, and I have I had to go up seven stairs to get to the main floor. And I I was okay because I knew I wasn't gonna have to do those stairs again until Monday when I had to go to physio. So I had two days to recoup. So I came home on the Friday. And I was sitting in the chair and it just, it kind of hit me. My family's in the, in the, in the kitchen and they're all sitting around the table eating dinner and they're laughing and they're talking. And I have a kitchen bar between me and them. Mm -hmm. So I can't really see that. I can hear them, but I can't see them. And I started crying. And my husband goes, he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I feel like one of those really fat people on my 600 pound life. I can't get to the table to eat dinner with my family. I go, and you guys are all laughing and I'm all alone. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, literally, that was my worst COVID moment. (laughs) I think that that's kind of perfect. Well, okay. Let me preface this with, it wasn't perfect for your experience. However, fucking frog in my throat today. Um, But I think that's kind of like the perfect example for what people were going through during COVID because for those who were isolated, like completely isolated, but not okay with being alone, that was exactly what it was like for them where they would see things on Facebook hear things from friends, only have phone calls and 
they were just like that made them feel more alone excuse me because i know that was an issue for a lot of my friends who did live by themselves and had uh darker times during it because they weren't allowed to go out and see friends they weren't allowed to go out and see their family and suddenly when that was taken away from them that was when it hit them that they're like oh my god i have to be alone by myself and i find that in a lot of cases a lot of people aren't um great at being alone with themselves like for me i'm one of those people i love being alone I, I am happy to be by myself and with my thoughts, but I know that that's not a strong suit for a lot of people. And I've, we've had a bunch of roommates throughout my lifetime. And it's something that I've noticed is a common thread for a lot of people is that they don't like to be alone with their thoughts and COVID forced them to be. I do not. I don't, I don't like to be alone at all alone. Like if I'm the only one in the house, I guarantee you, you'll see all the lights on in my house if you drive by and it's, it's not because I'm afraid of the dark. Yes, I am a huge chicken. I watch a lot of <laughs> horror movies, but I am I am afraid of my own shadow. <laughs> I'm right I, there cannot, with you. <laughs> I cannot handle being alone. Even even if I'm like in my car and I have a length to drive, like say I have to go to London. Mm-hmm. I will beg, borrow, and steal somebody to go on that road trip with me just so I don't have to drive alone. Yeah. See, and for and, me, I love that. And and in in my therapy, I when talking to my therapist about this, you know, she said to me, she goes, What scares you about being alone? She goes, Do you do you feel like do you feel like something's going to happen to you. And I, and I said, no, I go, I feel like being alone will cause me to way overthink the smallest thing. Mm -hmm. And it will, it, you know, that saying rolling stones gather no moss. Yep. My rolling stones gather a lot of moss because (laughs) as they're rolling, they're picking up every negative thought along the way. Yep. And by the time they get to the bottom of the hill, I've got Stonehenge. <laughs> and it's, I like and that visual comparison. It, 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 it is the Stonehenge of negative thoughts. Yep. From just thinking by myself. So knowing that with yourself now, how do you think you would have handled COVID had you been like, had you not had your family around you, had you been one of the people, like, had you been like Joyelle, where you had no one, not, not even a cat, you only had yourself. How do you think you would have handled COVID or at least the, uh, like the isolation and all that aspect? I believe somebody would have called me, got no answer and would have eventually found my body. Yeah. That's the honest truth. If I had been in a situation where I lived alone and was isolated with not just the the depression but the anxiety or maybe even throwing a touch of agoraphobia there which Mm -hmm. is the fear of going out yep i probably would have ended it absolutely i think that's uh 
I mean, that's trying to think of the proper way to word it, but basically impressive the fact like you knowing that about yourself, just because I know so many people felt almost shamed at the fact that they were like, oh my God, I can't be alone with my own thoughts. I'm, I'm weak for this. And in a lot of cases, they were suicidal during COVID. Like I know our, our numbers skyrocketed uh, on this part of the world. They, they were the highest I think they've ever been but just because a lot of people couldn't be alone. And I think kind of in that same boat as you, but I think that's important. Like that's something important to know about yourself mm-hmm. that you know that you can't be alone because you can do something about that. If you don't acknowledge that about yourself, then you're not ever going to be able to not avoid it per se, but be able to work with it where you're like, okay, I can be alone for X amount of time, but then after that, my thoughts start turning too dark and I'm, I'm left to my own devices and it's too much time alone. Absolutely. I live that every day. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, I don't really like, I don't know how to explain it because you're like, you have a choice, but with the depression, anxiety, I don't really have a choice. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Nope, you're right, Joyelle. And there's so many people out there. Again, it goes back to people not understanding exactly what having a mental illness is. You get those people. Well, if you just thought happy thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure, you I don't just put your shoes on and walk out the door. It's not that easy. Mm-hmm. No. Like, I don't want to sit here by myself all the time, but then I start thinking about going out and anxiety and people are watching you or, or I don't have the money because I live on a single income. So, you know, like. And I kind of think that that stuff, like specifically like that stuff, especially the, the feeling of being watched and being judged. I think that was one of the aspects that during the height of COVID, when the isolation, the quarantines were happening, I think that was one of the worst um, offenders, if you will, that helped pile on to the mental health issue. Because Mm. if you went out, if you chose to wear a mask or chose not to wear a mask, you were being judged based on that. You're being judged whether you wore gloves or not. You were being judged if you social distance. You're being judged if you if you coughed or sneezed (laughs) heaven forbid you became public enemy number one where it's like i have allergy guys like some pepper went up my nose while i was cooking dinner i don't have the rona (laughs) calm down but i think that that was that became one of the biggest things that caused uh a spiral for a lot of people because you had people literally going around judging you you had your neighbors judging you whether you were doing things or not, or if you're following the protocol, it's like, I think that that really deteriorated a lot of people's mental health on top of the being isolated, because then you were being left alone with those thoughts of, oh my God, do I have Rona? Did I sneeze on someone by accident? Did someone sneeze on me? Did I wear a mask today? Did I wear gloves? Did I sanitize my workstation? So it became uh, a vicious cycle of, um, um, I can't think the words. See, literal words just literally left my brain. They went well, for a walk and didn't come back. Another thing that I found was, I guess, it kind of weeded out like friendships and mm. and stuff because 
like for me, I think again, like we talked about toxic relationships before Mm -hmm. and stuff. And it was like, nobody that like you, I was friends with before nobody fucking even picked up a phone to Mm -hmm. say, Hey, how are you doing over there? Knowing that that, you lived alone. Right. Knowing that I was alone and everything and that I suffer from depression and that, and it's like, nobody even picked up the phone to see how I was doing or just to talk or anything. It was like, because I couldn't, because I didn't do it or because I could no longer go visit them or no, it's like the communication stopped, which added to like your feeling of isolation in that. And I guess that's probably why a lot of maybe relationships and friendships and stuff ended during uh, COVID as well, because that's kind of what happened Mm -hmm. with a few of my friends. Cause it kind of made me realize like, like through this whole thing, I'm here by myself and you're not going anywhere because nobody can go anywhere, but Mm -hmm. yet you still, I'm not in your thoughts at all. So at the beginning of COVID, so COVID, COVID, COVID really, the isolation and whatnot came into play. March. March of 2020. Yep. Um, you ladies know where Bruce and Hughes is? Mm-hmm. On Highway uh, yes. 18 by yes, the yes, yes, yes. track. Yep. So, um, Two ladies that I worked with and myself would make plans to go through the McDonald's drive-through and we'd get like a breakfast sandwich and a coffee. And we each of us in our own vehicles, then we'd go to Bruce and Q's parking lot and we would back in so that our tail our tailgates were facing each other. Mm-hmm. But we were a good eight to ten feet apart, mm-hmm. and we'd lift our tailgates, wrap blankets around ourselves, sit in our trunks because um, we all have uh, SUV uh, type vehicles. I should say like hatchback kind of thing. Hatchback, and and we would have a breakfast date where That's we had awesome. our, our our coffee and our sandwich, and we just we got to see each other. And, That's actually really creative. I never even thought of that. And it, it was the first time we did it, people were staring at us. <laughs> the second time we did it, we got some honks and some th- thumbs up. Mm-hmm. The third time we did it, there were people in the parking lot doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you so, started a trend. So You're a that, trendsetter. That was, that was kind of like, and, and we did that up until... I had my knee surgery and I couldn't drive anymore. And then they went back to work too. That's really so, cool. Like that's that's innovative and really cool and shows what people can do when we get creative. Yeah. Yeah, when when you're when you're told you can't see your friends. You can you can you can text, you can talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. You can talk on Messenger share pictures you laugh whatever but those those moments and I mean maybe we only stayed out there for 20 25 minutes because in March and April it was freaking cold 
Your hatchback is open, and it's snowing, <laughs> and you're trying to drink McDonald's coffee with your frostbitten hand. <laughs> you're trying to warm it in each hand. <laughs> but it was, it was soul lifting. There's a difference to in have energy. That, to have that time with other people other than who you were isolated with. Mm-hmm. And believe me, Joyelle, if we had, if we were at the level of friendship we are now, oh yeah, in March of 2020, you're damn right I would have been in your parking lot of your apartment building <laughs> to talk to you. I would say, oh God, yeah, there would have been no hesitation of doing that and having you to the house, especially because you're a single person, like the risk level was a hell of a lot lower. Yeah. It was something like the further on my mom and I got, it was just more like, okay, so long as people were respectful and made sure that they washed their hands. Cause I was protective of my mom. She still had a feeding tube at the time. So for me, it was like, okay, so long as you're respectful and you didn't bring any diseases into the house, but I didn't, that was, it, it wasn't specific to COVID. COVID just enhanced that where it was yeah. like, okay, that's how I always was where it's like, okay. If you come here, do not bring a cold, do not bring the flu. My mom's still got a compromised immune system. We're not sure if it'll ever go back. Like, don't be a dick, basically. Be a decent human being and come on over. Like, I'll feed you when you get here. You don't even have to bring food or drink. Just (laughs) bring yourself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How do you know I'm here? there's music to go with my speaking (laughs) (laughs) but i think one of the things that um, (laughs) (laughs) one of the things that kind of uh, got emphasized for me with covid was how different the world is um set up like what social norms kind of are uh here like i said earlier it's very much the you turn 18 you're supposed to be an adult go live on your own you're no longer yeah. a child blah 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 and yet other parts of the world uh, i want to say like italy spain like that kind of stuff a lot of the times they'll have generational homes where you've got grandma grandpa mom dad aunt uncle siblings all that kind of stuff and you're all either living in the same home or on the same property in houses that are very close. Yeah. And it's much more, if you look to other parts of the world, it's much more community driven in the sense of it's actually a community where it's like, okay, yep. Dad and sister or dad and whoever go work out in the farm for whatever. And this one goes over here, but they all come together for meals. They all pay the bills together all that kind of stuff. And I think that that's something that I really noticed is lacking over here. I think we're starting to go back towards that now since COVID hit because people realized how hard hit they were for not having people around them when they were being isolated. So now we all kind of see the importance, like even for me looking forward at buying a next place, I'm talking with one of my friends about going into it together so that it could be uh, him, me, and my mom. And we'd share the bill, share everything, be like, okay. And 
I think it's now in Canada or in Ontario specifically, you can have a three family residence. So you can have three different families living together or have one house and a um, tiny home kind of set up on a thing. So mother-in-law, mother-in-law home. So those are more like things like that's how I would prefer to live. I want to live on more like a commune style where it's multiple people, multiple kind of family setups where you get the sense of community. You still have your own spaces to go to and do your own thing, but you can still come together. So if anything happens in the world like that, or if you're feeling alone, you can just go and be like, Hey, you know what? I'm kind of feeling down today. Do you mind if we hang out? And you know that you're not physically alone anymore. And that to me was just heavily pointed out due to COVID because I got lucky. I have my mom and I live together and I felt blessed for that fact because I know I would have been fine on my own, but I also know that there could have been points where I wouldn't have been fine and I wouldn't have had anyone else to play a board game with or watch a movie and then go, oh, hey, what did you think of that part? That was so stupid. Or, oh, that was so funny. Like there wouldn't have been memories shared during it. So to me, I think that's just, it's really driven home the importance of community and the importance of good friendships and making the good friendships and making sure I have time for them. Like going out to breakfast with you girls. Yes, I look forward to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love our breakfast. Yes, we get to cause shenanigans and make the rest of the rest of the restaurant go, who the fuck these bitches? Yeah. Why are like, they cackling? Because like I said, I think that especially since my divorce, I've been more on my own alone. And and that. so when COVID hit, it was just I was already mm-hmm. already isolated from people because of my depression because of toxic friendships that were one-sided that I just Mm -hmm. hadn't realized yet and things people my 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 best friend passing away and things like that so in a way it didn't it wasn't any different for me so I think it kind of helps put like a magnifying glass yeah not to say that it was good (laughs) <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, not, I'm not saying that, like, it, like, yeah, I, I was damaged before COVID. So, like, I had, I'm in a bad space before COVID. It didn't change with COVID. Yeah. So, if I may ask, do you, do you ladies feel like COVID worsened? your mental health issues or you stayed the same I think it worsened it in the sense that it made me realize my toxic relationships which isolated me I guess even more but do you really think that worsened it or did that actually add value for you like if you look at it from a different point of view it worsened it in some respects because it made made you a little more isolated. But at the same time, it brought to the fact that you had those toxic relationships and got you to the point where you were able to get rid of them. So mm-hmm. they weren't dragging you down anymore. I guess then it goes to the is <laughs> which is again how do you how you look at things? Mm-hmm. Is it better like to put up with that so you're not alone or to be alone? Yeah. 
right? Because with the, even though it was a toxic relationship, it was, it was contact with yeah. someone mm-hmm. with uh, someone else. Even yeah. though I was the one that had to initiate and was doing all the contacting, it was still contact. Whereas opposed to once you sever that, then it's like you're really on your own you really got nobody yeah i think it's kind of like always that catch 22 where in the short term it feels worse but then in the long term Mm -hmm. it's actually better because had you kept it it would have just kept on um causing continuous damage so for me it's one of those things like i want to say that nah it didn't make my mental health worse but then i look back at like during COVID is when I had the relationship with my ex or my ex fiance and all the shit went sideways and like (laughs) everything. So I I, I'm going to say that it made it worse (laughs) because I, I dated her, got engaged to her. She broke my heart, fucked me up mentally. I'm better now. Like in the long run, obviously like there was a reason for everything that happened. It got me to this point where I now have you two amazing women as my friend friends because you're two people i'm not talking to a single person who's just really good <laughs> sorry al and i are joined at the hip ha <laughs> you thought that it was two you thought it was three people secretly it's just me talking to myself this entire time <laughs> twist not twist <laughs> myself <laughs> and irene <laughs> but um uh so all that stuff like a lot of things had to happen. I had ups and downs throughout it. It definitely caused some issues because like, I didn't get to see her in person until a year after. Um, so there were definitely ups and downs with it in the long run. It kind of helped out because I've now ended up here in a far better place where I'm much happier with my life. I just had to go through that rough spurt that also coincided with, um, covid so that definitely like it compounded the issues for me so and what about yourself dana who is another um, person <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> hi i'm joyelle's left hip <laughs> <laughs> um i don't think it worsened anything for me but it helped me realize that some of the issues that I face, facing, have faced, I couldn't, I couldn't solve on my own. Mm-hmm. And I started talking to a therapist. So COVID was good, good in that aspect. Um, I had used the Mind Beacon app that we had talked about on a previous uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. And it gave me 12 weeks of talking talking to a therapist. And at the end of the 12 weeks, the therapist asked me what I planned on doing. And I said, I'm going to look for somebody that's local so that I can still have these clarifying moments that aid in my healing and it's it's been good it's been good I I think 
COVID helped me. It helped me realize that I needed help. I sought help. My relationship with my husband, a lot of people said that being isolated with my husband because he was forced to work from home. <laughs> not that he's not loving it, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but um, a lot of people said that it would be a test to our marriage. And we're, I think we're better, better than we have been. And maybe it's because he doesn't, he, he wasn't coming home every day with the stress of driving an hour through downtown Detroit traffic, mm -hmm. crossing a bridge, and then fighting with traffic in Canada to get to our little, our little town, you know, nestled outside of Windsor. He didn't have that stress. He sat in his chair at the kitchen table. He did his work. And when four o'clock came, he packed up his shit and he's like, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> Shortest commute ever. So, you know, it, it was good for us. He, we would make dinner together. So I think it, it improved our relationship. COVID improved our relationship. And it was great because with both of my knee replacements, he was, he, he was home. He was mm -hmm. home to help me and I needed help. Like I, I know my mom lives with me, but at what point do you say to yourself, a 75 year old woman shouldn't be doing this. And that's, yeah. you know, yeah. like I, I couldn't say to my mom, come help me put this, this compression stocking on. <laughs> it's just, no, <laughs> she's a she's an old lady I can't ask my mom to do it so I think I think COVID was it was horrible that so many lives were lost and mm -hmm. and it it did it divided it divided people oh for sure the the division of the vaxxed versus unvaxxed mm -hmm. conspiracy theory government's trying to control you mm -hmm. It, it broke families apart. It ruined friendships. Yes. But for me, it, it was good. It, I, it, COVID helped me. <laughs> and you're not going to find too many people say that. But COVID, <laughs> COVID helped me realize that I, I, needed, I needed to talk to somebody and that somebody is now helping me get to get to be the person I was designed to be. Which I think says a lot for you. And I'm extremely impressed and proud and to a certain degree, like inspired by that, because I know so many people got beaten down by COVID because during COVID we had the spike of um, suicides. But then on top of that, even from the relationship standpoints, there, it was the spike of divorces and relationship breakups because yes. people could stand spending a limited amount of time with their spouse. We were like, well, yeah, we each work eight hours and then we come home, we have a few hours together, we sleep and then do it all over again the next day. And then we have weekends together where we're doing chores. So it was never extended 
all day, every day, 24 hours, seven days a week. And a lot of people couldn't handle that as it turned out. So to me, it's inspiring because it's like, oh my God, there are couples out there that do still exist who actually and hear a cat in the background. I don't know from where. <laughs> I don't know. I just hear a meowing. So I'm meowing back. It's impolite if I don't. Um, uh, it's inspiring because for me, I see so many couples that fall apart during this kind of stuff to actually see that there's one that did better through it because you guys actually get to spend more time together now is Anthem at the door. <laughs> I knew I was not imagining things. I told you I'm not crazy. <laughs> My therapist says so. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> I'm not. The cat has things to add to this conversation. Phantom's like, and then my mommy stayed home and then my daddy stayed home and everyone was home to worship me. My cat Phantom has cancer and she's been fighting for a year. And in the last year, she's become so needy. <laughs> she's like, don't you talk about me. But I love her to pieces. <laughs> she's adorable. She's adorable and talky. And I love talky cats because I will, as you just heard, I'm, <laughs> I meow back at them. It's no different than dogs. If they bark, I bark back. So she does this to me at 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> okay, that's less cute at that time. <laughs> so I, I have to get out of bed and feed her. She's on prednisone. She's on a steroid. Oh, right. And then she wakes me up again at 3.30. So last night, Norman and I went to bed at uh, 11.30. At 1.30, she woke me up. I fed her. At 3.34, she woke me up again. I fed her. And at 5.26 a.m., I fed her again. Jesus! I never, I was not up this much with my kids when they were newborns. <laughs> That's that moment where you're like, listen here, kitty. You know how much I love you? <laughs> my, uh, my friend's son saw me last Monday and he's like, I don't mean this in a bad way. He goes, but you look like shit. (laughs) (laughs) I sleep in two hour increments. (laughs) I'm tired. (laughs) No wonder you need naps throughout the day. The damn cat's demanding food every two hours. (laughs) Oh, you guys have no idea. I love them though. How's your mental health? It's fine. I don't need sleep. It's okay. It's fine. So enough about my kitties. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a spare extra topic that everyone gets to hear about. <laughs> There's meowing in the background. It's going to get answered. <laughs> Every time. Do you think that uh, having, because I think we all had pets during COVID. Yes, I did. <laughs> Do you think that, did you guys find that having pets helps <laughs> during it? I think it, whether you have, whether we were having COVID or this pandemic or not, I think Mm. pets in the long run just help. Oh yeah. absolutely. Because my, unfortunately I had to put my mini down and I struggle every day. I think being alone, 
for me, it's the, um, it's the struggle of not having uh, a pet that it's just like, they unconditionally love you. So during COVID, whether Lucas liked it or not, like we had to end up giving him up um, about a year and a half ago because he just, he couldn't be trained like by my mom and I, he just wouldn't stop biting and we couldn't keep him anymore. So we had to give him up. Um, and I was a freaking mess the entire time during it, even though he bit me and broke skin multiple times. I was like, I still love you. It's okay. (laughs) Because it was still like when he didn't have his little snaps, he was my little fur baby that I would just like, okay, I love you. You love me unconditionally. Even though you bite me, he would immediately turn and start kissing me saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's like, oh, yay, you're fine now. And he's like, okay, you take all of my love, whether he liked it or not. I gave him all of my love. It was scoop him up, crush him to my chest. I'm like, I love you so much. You help. (laughs) It's just something to fawn over or just like you feel the love when you hold them and you pet them. You just, I know it's scientifically proven that just by petting, an animal you can have the mm-hmm. release of the hormones so it's like okay owning one during covid i found helped probably the most just because it, my mom and i would basically trade them back and forth where we'd go back and forth between cuddling each one of us and i find that that really does help for mental health overall but i found during covid even more so and i wouldn't be surprised if a lot more people ended up with pets during that period of time just to try and give them Oh, oh, the feeling of not being alone. I I remember during COVID reading about how animal adoption was skyrocketing. Okay, so I didn't imagine that. Okay. Yeah. So, Joyelle, can I ask you a question? Yep. And this this is this is a very serious question. If someone was to say to you, "I have." I have an appointment at the Humane Society in June to get a female cat fixed, but I no longer want the cat, but I don't want to give up the appointment. Would you take the cat if the appointment was paid for? Mm. That's a hard one. I would love to take the cat. I, right now, the thing that's stopping me is finances. Because, you know, you have the shots and stuff like that. So that right now is what is stopping me. So may I ask you, what shots would you get? Well, because I wanted to get two cats at once, two kittens. So first off, the adoption fees, Mm because I would go to the Humane Society. So the fees for the adoption, and then you have to get them like their first, second shots and stuff. So, and then fit or no, from the humane society, they come already spayed and neutered, but. Yep. So basically the adoption costs right now in your first, your what, your first three sets of shots, I think it is. Okay. So, you you know, I have, I have three cats. Yep. Uh, Felix is 11, Zeus is 11, and Phantom is nine. Yep. <laughs> we'll be nine this year. Um, my cats don't have any shots. I'm going to say Minnie went 
many years without shots too. And that's only because um, they're all indoor cats. They don't go out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Minnie never went out. When when I first got them, the vet tried to sell me on shot after shot after shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Distemper, uh, rabies. Yeah. And at the time I was, we were shelling out quite a bit of money for shots. And then um, we moved vets and talking to the new vet, I said, my cats will be due for their shots soon. He goes, are your cats indoor cats? I said, yeah, they are. He goes, what shots do you give them? And I'm like, well, rabies and distemper he goes do you you know commonly have people come into your homes with rabies <laughs> I, I was like stone cold looking at him like no <laughs> he goes, yeah just last week <laughs> he goes then why are you wasting money on a rabies shot he goes unless somebody with rabies is coming into your house and biting your cat because <laughs> you really don't need it and he was, he is the most honest vet that I've ever had the pleasure of dealing with because he, he basically told me if your cat is indoors, those shots are nothing but a money grab. Mm. So I want you, I, I just, I want you to think about, about what I offered you. Yeah. Because I, I know, I know how much you miss Minnie, <laughs> believe mm-hmm. me. And they've done that, both Taylor and I have. Yep. So um just think just think about it and get back to me because I can I can promise you there's no adoption fees. Mm-hmm. But um the appointment with the Humane Society has been paid for. Okay. And the kitten would well the cat the, the kitten would be about three months old. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll think about it. Because I definitely want to get, like, I want to get two, truthfully. So. Well, the one appointment is, so the Humane Society only charges $50. Oh, really? If if you, but you got, you got to make an appointment because they're always solidly booked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they, they do take outside appointments. So mm-hmm. um, if if you wanted to, I would pay for the other cat to be fixed. Oh, if it's only 50 bucks, I can afford that. Listen to me. <laughs> it, would, <laughs> it would be my birthday gift. I was just going to say. I have no idea what your birthday is. It's in June. <laughs> June 12th. Well, there you go. <laughs> it would be my birthday gift to you. And then you then you could have a bonded pair. They would be, be siblings. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that's what I want to get, two of them. Okay. That per- that's actually that's perfect then. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. All right. So I, 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 I think that is a positive note to end our 
Yes, thank COVID you very much. <laughs> I like that we've already got planned. It's we're only in March, and I'm like, okay, I know what I'm getting Joyelle for her birthday, <laughs> and I already know what I'm getting Dana for hers. <laughs> I don't have birthdays anymore. <laughs> you have yours in a couple weeks. I know what I'm getting you. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to a drag show for your damn birthday, goddammit. Oh yeah, that's right. It's that weekend, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, all right, I, I'm doing that. That's right. <laughs> all right. But yes, I think that's the perfect. Oh, you almost got out of it. Um, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> we tried. No you tried. You tried. <laughs> What's one thing you love about yourself, Dana? <laughs> you were close. <laughs> I love being Joyelle's left hand. <laughs> oh no! I was just gonna when she was gonna ask me, I was gonna say I love my left hand. You can say I will allow you to both say that this week. <laughs> That's so funny that we were both thinking that. It's because you're secretly the same person. No one's gonna believe us anymore. They're gonna be like, are they really three different people? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's not a cat that's really taylor meowing in the background <laughs> we have this elaborate backstory all made up we don't need dungeons and dragons we have real life yes, meow. <laughs> oh my god oh, oh my stomach hurts from laughing <laughs> so what do you love about yourself <laughs> I don't know how I can compete with with the left hip. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a hard that's a hard one to top. Uh, um, what am I gonna go with? Um, wait, I have to check my notes to see what I've said in the oh past. My gosh. I don't. Oh my God, ever, she keeps notes about what she said because I don't remember, and you people do. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with, this is going to be a, an odd one, I'm sure for some people, but, uh, I said goofy sense of humor before, but this time I'm going to go with, I also absolutely love my horrifyingly dark sense of humor. That's probably one of the top things that I love about myself, to be honest. Absolutely. <laughs> I was going to say some of the things that come out, like my favorite thing to tell people, like how I dealt with my papa's death, like I did cry about it, but my mom, myself, and our best friend at the time all placed a $20 bet each on what his death day was going to be. He died February 10th. So he just we just had his 11th year this past February. And I got to win back in the day 40 bucks because I bet like I bet something like the 12th or something like that. So I was only off by two days. We were in the restaurant with my friend from uh, college at the time, he literally jolted back from the table and was mortified when they handed me the money because I was like, yep, I won his death date. <laughs> and they looked at me and there, he was like, what is wrong with you people? I'm like, this is how we deal with death in my family. I won $40. Oh yeah. Lunch is not on me, but $40. <laughs> I, I've, I've been in celebrity death pools. I won 800 and changed one time. <laughs> Oh, oh my god okay my $40 is nothing compared to that damn well well th this was like uh before the dark web <laughs> I, <laughs> found a, I found a website <laughs> and and 
uh, for 25 bucks, you picked 10 celebrities. Oh, that's not bad. And if they, if, and the person that had the most celebrities to die that year won the pool. And I won. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. Seven out of my 10. <laughs> Damn. You picked yeah. good. <laughs> well, I guess that depends on the angle that you look at it, but you pick good. The thing was, it was the year Michael Jackson died and he was on my list. Oh. So now people are like, you cursed him. <laughs> <laughs> We're all like, don't you dare pick our number. <laughs> and don't you dare tell me when I'm going to die. <laughs> so yes, so mine's, we have two left hips and my love of my dark sense of humor. <laughs> So as always, if anyone wants to reach out to us, it's depressedbreakfastclub at gmail.com, all lowercase. We're always happy to hear any comments that you guys have, or you can always comment on the Facebook page under the same name. And next week's topic is actually going to be a little bit, um, I say a little bit heavier, but we we have a lot of heavy topics. It's going to be uh, about suicide and suicidal thoughts. So that's next week's episode. And uh, I think, wait. Dana, do you normally say something at the end of this? I usually. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) And now to you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, No, just um, you can find our our Hmm. podcast on various platforms. Our main platform is automatic.com. Please throw us a like throw us a comment, follow us. The more people that, and I I understand you have to create an account to follow us, but it's free and you don't have to use the account for anything, but to click the follow button and it helps us stay relevant. So on Podomatic, they categorize their, their podcasts and we are under, um, health and fitness, <laughs> mental health. And right now, out of um, 18,000 and some odd podcasts, our pad, our podcast is at number 65. Damn. Wow. Yeah. So um, <laughs> if you follow us, you help us stay relevant and that will boost our number. And, more pe- and the more people that see our number closer to like between one and say 30, the more, the more lives we can reach out to and possibly help. So we would appreciate it if you would do that for us. So on that note, um, thank you very much for listening. As always, we love our listeners and uh, you'll hear from us again next week.